we learn as follows. It's the new system, the new lighting you put in, right? That's me'ener l'mhaba, or something. In this way, l'mhaza, you're not na'ena from it. Enjoy, enjoy. Eat it. Okay, so Yisrael came around. Where are we, Yisrael? Yeah, Yisrael came around, and it says in the Pesach as follows. On page 396, 396, Vayichad Yisrael, Pesach, Pesach Tess. So the Torah says, You have to make sure Rabbeinu tells them all about what occurred in the past. So, Vayichad Yisrael, Al-Kol HaToiva, Asher Osa Hashem Yisrael, Asher Hitzilo Miyad Mitzroyim. So the translation literally is translated as follows. Yisrael rejoiced over all the good that Hashem... So Vayichad would mean he rejoiced. Yisrael rejoiced over all the good that Hashem had done for Israel, that he had rescued it from the land, from the hand of Egypt. Okay, so what does Vayichad, Rashi also says? Vayichad means that he was Vayichad Vayismach Yisrael. Yeah, Zeu Pshutoy. That's the simple meaning. Medrash Agoda, Rashi says, the Midrash says, the Agaric Midrash says, Naseb Soroy Chidudin Chidudin. His flesh became uh, like goose, goose bumps. Goosebumps. Why, well, made, sir, yeah, the different uh, expressions used in the, in the different translations, correct? You're both correct. Made, sir, al-ibud Mitzrayim. He was distressed on this, that Mitzrayim was uh, vanished, was wiped out. And Rashi concludes, Hainu Amri Inchi, this is what is said, Giyoira, a convert, Ada Soredora, Loitevaza Aramoa Ba'ape. That a convert, even if he's converted and is a Yid, but nevertheless, you shouldn't speak this disrespectfully about a non-Jew in his, in, 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 with his, in his presence because it will distress him. Like we see Yisrael, even though he converted, nevertheless, he was disturbed that the Mitzrayim were, 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 were punished. Okay, so this is what Rashi says in Vayichad. So we have uh, one pshat of Vayichad, and you understand why. The issue is, why do we look for different definitions of Vayichad? Because it's an unusual expression. Right? So therefore, the simple pshat would have to mean, Vayichad, the Rashi says, Vayismach. But then the question is, why doesn't it say in the third of Vayismach? So therefore, Tarashi goes on to bring another interpretation, another translation of Vayichad, which would fit best for that term, for that description, and that is, Vayichad is Chidudin, Chidudin, which would mean bumps, etc., whatever. Okay. Now, just interestingly, the Baal HaTurim on the word Vayichad says as follows. He says an interesting definition in the Vayichad. He says, Vayichad Yisroi is as follows. Sheyichad liboy lekeilechod. He unified his, mm. his, his heart, his Amen. mind, for the one God, for the one Lord. The Nasi Yehudi, and he became a Yid. You get it? In other words, what is he saying? This is, it's a, he comprises it from two, from two sources. I see as, as the fellow we breathes the cross the references there. So the Vayichad is Sheyichad. Vayichad is what a Sheyichud, right? So it's unified, is that correct mm. the, the term, definition? Yichad Libai, he unified his heart, Lekel Echod, that's the Vayichad, to the one Lord, to the one God. In other words, before, like Rashi says, he studied and knew and he was aware of all the different gods, etc. Avidazorus, Trinity, call it what you like. It wasn't Dafka, the Kel Echod, right? And therefore, here was Vayichad Libai, Lekel Echod. And what is that basically conveying? Venasi Yehudi became a Yid. In other words, he converted. So this is what the Torah is saying. Uh, 
In other words, it would seem the Nasi Yehudi became a Yid. Now, the, 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 the general, the gist, this is the gist of what he says, right? And this is found explicitly in the Sikhta Sanhedrin. And this is introduced to us by the Rogat Shover. The Rogat Shover brings the Gemara Sanhedrin, the Tzadik where the Gemara says, Vayichad Yisroi, there are two definitions in Vayichad, according to the, the Talmud. There's a definition quoted in Rashi, which is the second opinion of the Gemara, that's Shmuel's opinion. For whatever reason, Rashi chose that opinion as a separate issue. And then the first opinion of the Gemara is as follows. Vayichad Yisroi says the Gemara, Shehevir Cherev Chado Al Psoroi. He passed over a sharp knife on his flesh, on his body, over his body. What does that mean? Says Rashi. Shemol Atzmoi Vinizgayer. He circumcised himself. Either he himself circumcised himself. Or he had himself circumcised. So questionable, I'm unsure. This, the literal words of Rashi seems to say that he circumcised himself. Okay, wonderful. I see it. And good point taken. I know exactly what you're leading at. Yeah, because if he wasn't Jewish before, and how can he circumcise himself? You have to be first circumcised and then circumcise yourself. Right? Just Avram can circumcise himself because Hashem is also doing it with him. So it's Boinke Echad. The guy remembers everything, but I'm sure everybody does, but he's outspoken. So good. Okay, wonderful. What kind of guy do a bris? A guy can't do a bris. Yes, he can. Because the din is. No, a guy can only cut it off in total. Cut his own in all off. But the bris he can't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll soon learn. There's a mephorish atoisvis. It's a mephorish atoisvis. You don't understand. The rule is that when someone wants to convert, he has to, you know, the, the choices are that he has to, in other words, one of the things he has to do is circumcise himself. What happens if he's already circumcised? We'll talk about it. What happens if he's already circumcised? So the din is you have to extract blood, right? Okay. And then, toisvis raises, and what happens if it's totally not there? It's been formally mutilated. He's a mutilated. He's a goy. 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 And he doesn't have anything there. As Teisvis, how does he become a yid? So Teisvis concludes that it's okay. There's no choice in the matter. So whatever else he does in addition to that is okay. So even to extract blood doesn't make any sense because he doesn't have anything there. Okay. So I'm just letting you know. It's not a joke. It's dealt with the posture. I suppose that one's machma. Machmer, yeah. I told you the guy should be machmer. Cut the whole thing off. Yeah, nothing wrong. Okay, Herr Weiter, let's not play, play games. There's that on the day, him. Slicha. Yeah, besedir. Yeah, besedir. That's also you have to take out a Rambam because it's Suri. Be the halachas in the Shulchan Aruch. We're not in the local bed din. I'm not. I don't claim to. I don't. God forbid. There's no competition here with the bed din. We're not uh, practicing any halachas here. We're just talking things. Everything we say is hypothetical because there's a local bed. The local bed. Not I. Not I. Let's go on. Okay. So fine. So I'll talk about Rashi. Says Mel Atzmi Vinis Gair and he converted. Fine. Wonderful. So that coincides very well with what the what the what the what the Balaturim brings to our attention. Except the Balaturim just 
claims that this is something which is, so to speak, some rational change and transformation, right? Uh, uh, philosophical transformation, belief, right? Amunah, etc. That originally he believes, like, it's, like the Aderes explains in his commentary in the back, the Balaturim, that originally he didn't believe Dafkin the Hashem Echod, because of Ben Noyach, someone who was uh, from the Noachite, may even believe in, uh, in Shituf, in other words, doesn't have to believe that the God is one, right? The one Lord, one, one Hashem, Hashem Echod. Only as a Yid you have to believe that it's Hashem Echod, according to those opinions. And therefore, that's what the Torah is saying. Vayichad here, it is the Hashem Echod. So I'll call upon him, at least there's the, this, like I say, the gist, this is the gist of what he says, and it's found in the Gemara, that it's been his guy, he converted. Okay, very straightforward, that's the problem, no problem. Now, before we go into something very novel of what the Rogan Shavar says, uh, it, there's just a simple thing raised in one of the Mephorshim, a simple question raised in, in some of the Mephorshim, and that is as follows. It says clearly in the Chumash that where is Yisrael coming? He's coming towards Moshe Rabbeinu. He's coming, Vayovo Yisrael, page, on page 394, Pasuk Hey, it says, El Hamidbor, Asher Hu Choineshom Har Ho Elokim. So he's come. Yisroi, the father-in-law of Moshe, comes with his with his sons and Moshe's wife to the Midbor, where there Moshe rests in camps, and there he meets up with them, etc., etc. And there he does what he does, and that is in sequence. It says, "By Yichad Yisroi, that Yisroi, according to the Shas, that he passes over this sharp blade on his flesh, meaning that he circumcises himself and he converts." Well, he was. Okay, now, the Gemara in the Sichti Yevomus, that Ayin Aleph Omud Beis, and Ayin Beis Omud Aleph tells us as follows, that the Yidin, the Jewish people, it says clearly there's a verse in Yehoshua, in, in, in Joshua, right? In Nach Yehoshua, in Kapitel, in Perik, in chapter 4, says the Gemara there as follows, that in the days of Yehoshua, there was, uh, an, uh, there was uh, he, he circumcised the Jewish people to the degree that he circumcised them, and there were so many to circumcise that they, they actually had uh, established a mountain of, of, of foreskins, which were sliced off, which were cut off, right, from those he circumcised, all of those who were born in the desert for 40 years. And they lived to enter Eretz Yisrael, for those who did, right? The ones like Rashi said, you know, depending on the Miragim and all that. So whoever, they entered the, the, the Holy Land. So those, they didn't circumcise themselves whilst they were in the desert. So it says, Mephurish and Tanakh Yehoshua, Yehoshua circumcised them. And there was Gippah. They said that. No, 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 no. You're talking about Mitzrayim. In Mitzrayim, the Jewish people didn't keep the mitzvah smila except Shevet Levi. Nevertheless, they had no choice in the matter. The night of Pesach, when they, they smelled the aroma of the Korm Pesach, of the Babi, right? So they wanted to partake of it, and they came to Moshe Rabbeinu, says the Medrash, and they said, give us a bit of your Korm Pesach. So Moshe Rabbeinu asked them, are you circumcised? So he says, they said not. So he says, it says in the very cold, or so they had no choice, so they all circumcised themselves that night. And they No, not Moshe's children, all the Jewish people. Moses Shalom was All the Jewish people, the Blavim kept Mitzvah Smila. As the Rambam enumerates in, uh, in Hilkes Avedazor, Perik Aleph, as is known in the Midrashim. But I'm talking about the desert now. In the desert, the Jewish, yes. So it says before, there was a Givas Arolos. You know, Givah, there's a Givah, so there's a Givah this and a Givah that and a Givah this. And, so there's a Givah Aralot. It says before, there was a whole Givah. Yeah? 
mean to convey the quality. Anyway, give us our own. Let's talk to label Rabbi Raskin in the butcher shop. So I'll call Ponik. So the Gemara asks, what is it that the Jewish people didn't didn't do the circumcision for 40 years in the desert? Says the Gemara as follows. Because the... There are, two, there are two opinions. One opinion is because they were regularly ongoing, they were traveling. There was chulshud orcha. In other words, the, the, baby, the baby has to be healthy, right? So when is, one is unfortunately weak, etc., etc., whatever, all the different things, it doesn't meet the criteria to have the circumcision done at the right time, so therefore there's no circumcision done. So the Gemara says, they're always traveling and schlepping, etc., therefore. They didn't know when they have to leave. All of that. But there was Chul Shudor, the Gemara says. I'm not analyzing that Gemara, I'm just stating that Gemara. Okay, it could be pointing, but let's go on. That's correct. The 30 years they lived in two places. It was only two years where most of the family. The Gemara says, I just said to, president, to the president. So now I'm telling the doctor the same thing. And that is as follows. I'm not analyzing that. I'm not learning the Sikhti Yavams the fine enough. I'm just using it because we're in Chumash. Okay. So, Bet Mechile, please excuse me. All right. In addition to that, I don't know. But the reason I don't know is because I didn't prepare Mesech the Yavam I just looked at Mesech the Yavam That's all. And the Gemara goes on to say, that's one reason. Another, I was thinking I'm not mentioning it, but now I see I got into trouble. I thought I shouldn't have. Okay. <laughs> anyway, listen, uh, you learn from your, you learn from your, yeah. Next week's year is going to be five minutes. Of course it's shot. Another reason the Gemara says, because the northern wind did not uh, flow, blow. Uh, blow. Blow. Okay. So there was no northern wind. And Toysavis explains, of course, there were northern winds. There were winds from all over the place. Mizrach, Meir, east, west, north, south. Except the northern wind is unique that it heals. It's a healer. And the northern wind was always blended up with all the other winds. And for, for the northern wind, for the northern wind to be a, to, to, to be a healer, to be, to, to be effective, it has to blow on its own. And throughout the Eden state of the desert, there was no effect of the northern wind per se. Is and the Gemara asks: Is that the only time? Only then it was northern wind. Listen, then binichdar, they are good. And the Gemara asks: Why wasn't there a northern wind whilst they were in the desert for forty years? So there's one opinion. I'm not going to tell you what it is because then. <laughs> but the second opinion is as follows. I learned, you learn from your mistakes, that's all. Wonderful, it's half a minute. I don't have to wait 40 years. I learned from my mistakes. This first answer, I'm not going to mention. But if you want, you check it out. <laughs> the second answer, and that's really relevant to us, is as follows, says the Gimbal. The reason why the Ruach Tzvoinis did not have any effect on the Jewish people in, in, yeah, to, to, to serve as a healer, and therefore they couldn't circumcise themselves, was because they were, because of the Anane HaKovoid. There were the clouds of glory which surrounded the Jewish people from Alazaitan. So therefore, the clouds just like clouds, it's cloudy and the sun doesn't rise. So the same goes in relation to the ear, to the flow of ear, to the effect. It's meant to have the Ruach Tzvayinus because of the clouds of glory. Therefore, they couldn't circumcise because they didn't, therefore didn't have the effect of the Ruach Tzvayinus, the northern winter. Therefore, they didn't circumcise for 40 years. And Tesis already discusses, rage before anyone else raises it, Tesis already raises the issue that it seems, if that's the case, they, couldn't, they weren't capable of bringing a Korban Pesach throughout the 70, 40 years. 
and that actually we know they only brought one carbon Pesach, and in Varashi, if you recall, those who are aware, and the Gechazal say it was held against them. They only brought, we talked against, we talked down at the Jewish people. You didn't perform more than one carbon Pesach throughout your, your stay of 40 years, and really it was, it was beyond them. They had no choice in the matter. The reason they didn't perform it is because they weren't circumcised. And the reason they weren't circumcised is because no northern wind. So what do you want from them? So Toysvist discusses it. No, no, no. I said, look in the Toysvist. That's what I just said. No, no, now's not the time for it. Pardon? A different question? After Davni. Okay, it's not, you're right. It's not fair. If he did, and he did, you also. Come on. No? The, but the Nanikovi left after I passed away. So after, after that time, yeah, they'd be... Uh, the, no, the, the, good to cash. When did I pass away? That's a boy. But you could have thought the other way. When did the Anani Yaakov come around? Ah! We'll soon talk about it. We'll soon talk about it. How do you know? Don't be so sure. We'll soon see. We'll talk about that soon. So the question is, Yisra comes into the desert. He converts, right? He converts. He circumcises himself. Rashi says clearly in the Sefer so according to the Balaturim, I don't know if he circumcised himself, but it's clearly in the Rashi, right? The Gemara says, Hever cheref chadal al right? He passes over the sharp blade on his flesh, on his skin, meaning the Rashi says, he circumcises himself and he converts. Ah, where did he go? He did it in the desert. He just approached Moshe Rabbeinu in the desert. And he's like, in sequence. How's he doing it in the desert? So, the Ponim Yofis, the Balaha floor, the Talmud of the Magid Mim is rich, who, uh, okay, well, we'd have to talk about him, but from Presburg or whatever, Frankfurt, and et cetera, et cetera. One of the Gedoli Israel wrote this for Baflo and Makna on Kedushin and on Mesech Tixubit. Anyway, in his commentary on Ponim Yofis on Chumash, he says you should know that not everybody had permission to enter and be within the Ananiya Kovit. And there are those, for instance, sinners and the like, and he brings from a medrash, machnadon, etc., whatever. We're not, not going to go into the specifics. The thing is, he says, Yisrael, no way. He had no entry. There was no, he had no way he was able to get into that Ananiya Kovit. It was only the Jewish nation were within that, uh, there. but he was no way there in, within the Ananiya Kovit. The Ananiya Kovit didn't surround him, it didn't affect him in any way. He was outside of it. So he says, therefore, it's Pashut, that he had the effect of the Ruach Sfoinis. In the desert, I don't know if you noticed that there's no ear in here. Not just a rough spring, there's no rough spring. <laughs> no, like no rough spring. No Why? It's so beautiful outside. Could you explain to me how a person's brain, no oxygen, no breathe, covered. You know what? But the Ananiya covered was in the desert, so on the outside it was a rough spring. But over here, there's Ananiya covered, and there's no air around the Ananiya covered. There is no air outside. Oh, there is Ananiya covered. That's Ananiya covered? The walls. The walls. I mean, what is it? I don't, could you explain it to me? I'll take my jacket off. Why? Let's go. Okay, so that's simple, right? So because he's not under the, It's all right, thank you. He's not under the Ananiya coverage, so therefore, within the Ananiya coverage, he can do it without a problem. Um, there is uh, another interesting approach, and this is as follows. Uh, in the Sefer, Binyan Ariel, from Rav Shol May Amsterdam, one of the great Gedolei Yisrael hundreds of years ago. Powerful Gvaldik Choshev Agoy. So in a safe Binyan Ariel on Chumash, and this is uh, also uh, found thereafter in a safe which I quoted on Shabbos, Shabbos Yitzhuvah's Chedves Yaakov. Yes, you remember. Tinyonos, safe Simen Lamit. I quoted a different Simen. Who remembers which Simen I quoted on Shabbos? 
Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. It was a guess. No, because I said, I, if, I, if I think I said, Chof, hey, Chavav, Chof, Zayin. I think I mentioned all I couldn't read further out. But you remember the Chof, not bad. Good. I'll call upon it. So, Yosef Simalama, they say as follows. They bring to our attention an interesting Rabbi Leo Mizrochi, one of the commentaries, the known commentaries on, the, on Rashi. Rabbi Leo Mizrochi, in his commentary uh, on, the, on the Rashi, if you recall, in Parsha Shmois, it discusses about Moshe Rabbeinu needing to circumcise one of his sons, right? Okay, and he's in the, in the motel, and he, the question is, is he, full, is he circumcising and traveling, or traveling and then circumcising, etc., etc. And Moshe Rabbeinu says as follows, Rashi quotes, that Moshe Rabbeinu says, and that's where he got into trouble, because he should have circumcised, right? First, the Tashem commanded to circumcise his child. Then Hashem says to travel on, whatever. Take out the Chumash, you'll see what's going on. He says, how can I circumcise my son and start traveling? Have to go. No, how can I circumcise my son and travel? When I just circumcise him, he'll be vulnerable to the weather, right? For this, his health. So how can I do that to the kid? So therefore, I won't circumcise him yet, and I'll start traveling. So that's where the Malach came and wanted to get him, and that's where they had to circumcise him, him and Sipoira. You remember the whole story there? Okay, wonderful. So the, uh, the, 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 the Mizrahi says as follows. What was the issue? What was the Chesh? What, what was his calculation? Moshe Rabbeinu's calculation. He said, look, there's a mitzvah I, have to, I, have to, I, was, I was obliged to do, right? I was obliged to, to circumcise my child, and I'm obliged in that. But then there is another issue, and that is, it says that all mitzvahs v'chai bohem. You, if, if there is a matter of, if you're going to cause danger, if you, it's a dangerous situation. When you do the mitzvah, you will cause danger, you will bring danger, you'll put yourself into a dangerous situation. You're exempt from the mitzvah, except for the three cardinal mitzvahs, which we say, yeah, horeg, val, yavar, right, etc., etc. But there, in, all the, in all of the Torah and mitzvahs, right, if it's a matter, if you're going to fulfill that mitzvah, you're going to put yourself into, you're going to be in danger, so you're exempt from the mitzvahs. Based on a posuk, vochai, Bohem, the Torah says, in relation to the mitzvahs, I want you to live and abide and live by the mitzvahs. But not God forbid if the mitzvahs will cause Bohem. Therefore, so that was his, he made a simple calculation. The Torah says, I should command, I'm commanded to do the mitzvah smile. On the other hand, I'm putting my child in danger. So it's totally against the fulfillment of the mitzvah. So therefore, he withheld himself. But he made a wrong, it was totally miscalculated. Why? Because he was a blood. The mitzvah of Mila, he was commanded in advance, right? Beforehand. Hashem commanded Avraham Avinu to be Malas children, etc. Moshe Rabbeinu has to be Malas children, right? So that he was obliged to. In the mitzvah of V'chai Bahem V'loisha Yomuz Bahem is only told to the Jewish people after Matan Torah. There's no such thing which we have to abide by in, the, in, in advance before the Torah was given. So what are we saying that he took that into consideration? Of course Moshe Rabbeinu kept the whole Torah before it was given. But if you have a mitzvah which you're definitely explicitly commanded by Hashem and another mitzvah which you just take upon yourself and one conflicts the other, definitely you have to do the one you're obliged in. So what is he making his own calculations? He should have you know, circumcised his child, and the rest will lead to Hashem. Now, there is two reconciliations to that, a couple of them. The Sefer Nachlis Yaakov says, one of the before Shirashi, he says, listen, he's doing the mitzvah, and he's putting his child in danger. That doesn't work. If you were putting yourself in danger, then they're conflicting. Right? So therefore, that's why, he, that's, that's why his calculation was, wasn't, was wrong, you know, so to speak. Okay. He should have done the mitzvah, because the v'chaibem is related to the child. Whatever. Okay, so in other words, it doesn't apply. Uh, another simple, the Gur'ari, the Marani Prok says, what are you talking about? V'chaibem is a rational, logical thing. 
So we need a mitzvah for that in the Torah. Even before Matan Torah, it was obvious and rational and logical. It applied them too. So definitely, what does the Rabbi Yom Mizrahi say? Finished. Now these are all commentaries after Rabbi Yom Mizrahi. Rabbi Mizrahi is a very great sage. And therefore, we take what he says for granted. We have to try to figure him out. But the outcome, he says, that when it comes, when the mitzvah conflicts to Bachai Bahem, mind your own business, you've got to do your mitzvah. Good. So listen to what he says, a very interesting thing. Our question, we're going back to the initial question. How was Yisroi allowed to circumcise himself, right, when he's in the desert, right? It's dangerous. That's where all the Jewish people didn't do it. Okay? <coughs> Get ready. So he says as follows. He says, um, for the Jewish people, it wasn't allowed. Because the Vachai Bahem stands in the way, right, of the mitzvah smila. So therefore, when there are health issues, or danger, it's dangerous to circumcise yourself. If you're circumcised yourself, you're not allowed to. So that's why all the Jews at the Matandura, throughout the ages, weren't allowed to. Okay. But Yisroi, Yisroi is a goy. Okay? He wants to convert. But in addition to him being a goy, so he's not obliged in anything. He's not, even, he's not obliged to convert either. You're not obliged to convert. You decide, you choose to convert, right? So he's not obliged to convert. He's also not obliged to keep the mitzvah of Mila. He's also not, seemingly, and he's not obliged to keep the mitzvah of Vachai Bahem to worry about his health. Okay. But, yes, you all remember this one. Yisroi was Koyen Midyon. Koyen Midyon. Good. Now, being Koyen Midyon, if you remember, we'll soon just elaborate a bit more on it, but there is this well-known Shitas Harambam. The Rambam is of the opinion that all the Midianites and the Bnei Keturah, in other words, all the descendants of Keturah, Avram remarried and married Keturah, and he had six sons. Says the Rambam in Hilchus Molochim, all the descendants of Avram from Hogor, from Keturah, not just the six sons, all of them are meant to be circumcised. Not just the six sons. For generations and generations, till today. And the Rambam therefore claims that all the Arabs... Right? Had to circumcise themselves nowadays because they may be the Bnei Yishmoel are mixed up with the Bnei Keturah, the Arabs are mixed up with the Bnei Keturah, and therefore they may be Mi Bnei Keturah. And if they may be from the, the, the children, the descendants of Keturah, they're obliged to circumcise themselves. The only reason, the only problem, says the Rambam, to say it's a problem, it's all, the only problem we have is we know if you, the Noahides don't fulfill their mitzvahs, they're beheaded. But we can't behead them because they may not be from the Bnei Keturah. So therefore, they do circumcise themselves, so they're meant to keep it. But nevertheless, they can't be beheaded. That's what it says in the Ramah. Finish. But the Iker is, let's go now to Yisra. Yisra is Koyhein Midian, right? And if you take out a Chumash at the end of Pasha's Chayisora, one of the descendants of, one of the six sons was named Midian. Midian, right? Take out a Chumash. Do you mind? The Zolba Midian. Take out a Chumash just to see it inside, if you don't mind. Because we're going to need this Pasuk anyway. Again, we're going to mention this Pasuk all over again soon in a moment. Midian is a name of a kid. Midan Midian. That's it. Midan Midian. Come on, be so kind. Open up your Chumbashim. Departures Chayisora. Where is it? Yes, for sure. Page 120. And she gave, gave him who? A Zimron. Crazy names. 120. Page 120. Okay. Batelet Loyes Zimron, Ves Yokshon, Ves Midon, Ves Midion, Ves Yishbok, Ves Shuach. Midion. Midion. Come to Chos and Yisro is Koyen Midion. Now, if Yisro is Koyen Midion, he is obliged to circumcise himself. 
So, why didn't so any convert is not obliged. But he is obliged. Now, why didn't he oblige? Why didn't he shake himself until that point? Says, says the being in Arim, he didn't. He wasn't the pious Ben Ketura. He didn't fulfill his... He wasn't the Frum Ben Ketura. And according to the Rambam, he should have in the, in the previously, but he didn't. Now that he wants to convert... He's, so you're saying it's optional to convert? No, but as a, a Ben Ketura, he's really obliged to circumcise himself, right? But because he's a non-Jew, he's a Noachite, he doesn't have to worry about the Vachai because he's not obliged in that. So all the Yidin after Matan Torah are obliged in doing the mitzvah smila, and also are obliged in the mitzvah of Vachai So when they're conflicting, you have to refrain from doing the mitzvah smila. But when you're before Matan Torah, and you're obliged in one mitzvah, and not obliged in the other, what did Rabbi Yom Mizrahi say in Moshe Rabbeinu's case? That if he was obliged in the mitzvah smila and he's not obliged in the vachai bahem, he has to do the mitzvah smila. The same applies for Yisroi, who is a Midianite, right? That he has to circumcise himself, and even though he's in the midbar, and it may be dangerous, nevertheless he's got to do it. So that's exactly what's happening with Yisroi. That's what it says in the Sefer Big Nairiyah. Not bad. Good. Wonderful. So we're going to end with this, and let's go now to the Rogat Shofar. What time is it? Okay. The Rogat Shofar says something very, very novel. Givaldik, listen it? And definitely it's going to be important for us. We'll just elaborate a bit on the Shita Sarambam. And then let's go back a moment to the Shita Sarambam, right? I'm just going to review a short review of what we've spoken quite often and frequently because actually the Rogachover is quite big on it and he, he likes it. And what he appreciates, he generally doesn't talk much. I don't know about this talking, he doesn't write much, right? But this thing is all over the place. He really goes for it. You know, it's, he has a take on it very interestingly. And, you know, he, he, he elaborates on it and expounds on it, etc. Here we have a, there's a very clear machloikis argument between Rashi and the Rambam. In Misichta Sanhedrin, Dafnun Tes Omud Beis. There the Gemara tells us that the Bnei Keturah, based on a verse in the Chumash, in Beratius, we derive that even though the Noahites are not obliged to circumcise themselves, nevertheless, the, the Bnei Keturah are obliged. Meaning, Avram Avinu was obliged to circumcise his household, and when he married Keturah, he was obliged to circumcise the Bnei Keturah. Now Rashi makes it very clear that he was obliged to circumcise the six sons, Rashi says clearly, the six sons of Keturah, which he had from Keturah, but not Zerah. Not the descendants thereafter. That's it. Okay. Not the offspring thereafter. Only the six sons. Nevertheless, the Rambam is of the opinion that we just mentioned. The Rambam is of the opinion in Hilchis Malachim that all of the Bnei Keturah are obliged in Mitzvah Mila, not just the six sons, but all generations of the Bnei Keturah. Now, it, there is, and this ends up boiling down to a Machlokis or Rishonim. Many Rishonim, classical uh, uh, halachists, follow with the opinion of Rashi, and the Ran, the Chidushi Ran in Mesichta Sanhedrin seems to follow with the opinion of, uh, of, of, of the Rambam. Good. And there are just three points I'm going to highlight for you. Uh, three, let's see, yeah. The, the Rambam, we need substantiation for this Rambam, because the Rambam's opinion is, is novel, is unique. One opinion, one is, basically, it's based on a Sifri in Parshas Matos, where we're, do- we're dealing with the war wage, the Jewish people waged a war with the Midianites, okay? And there in sequence, when after the war, etc., etc., we're meant to, uh, their wheelings and dealings with the Midianites. And the Sifri and the Yerushalmi convey a message and it says as follows. HaKadosh Baruch says to the Jewish people, Ma'atem, in relation to the Jewish people and the Midianites, Ma'atem Bnevris, Afshvichem Bnevris, just as you are Bnei, not Bnei Brith, um, I mean, that's the same thing. That's the Bnei Brith. There's an organization Bnei Brith, and there's this, a building Bnei Brith, 
It's all the B'nai Bris of the Chumash. Yeah, yeah, it's not my business. That's, yeah, good. And good. So that's B'nai Bris, meaning they are the, 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 the part of the covenant, right? Good. So B'nai Bris generally refers to a description for Eden, not for non-Jews. So here there's something unique. It says, Ma'atem B'nai Bris, just as in relation to a specific ruling. Ma'atem B'nai Bris, just like the Jewish people are B'nai Bris, right? Those part of Hashem's covenant. The same af. Shvichem, your captives are Bnei Brit. <coughs> Maze, what does it mean? So therefore other commentaries say that this Sifri who says so and explains so, expounds so in Parshish Matis means just like you have a status as such uh, when you are as you are Jewish and after a few years ritual impurity, the same goes for your captives after they convert. So they will have the same uh, rulings in relation to ritual impurity. But it's all talking after the conversion. But says the Rambam, the Rambam, says the Rogachova, the Rambam learned this free literally, took it face value. It says, You know when you have a problem with this, with this text, when you learn like Rashi. Rashi said that who was obliged? Only the six sons of Keturah. But thereafter... All the sons of Torah are identical to all the Noachites. So can you express yourself and describe the Noachites as Bnei Brith? Of course not. Bnei Brith are Yidin, not Goyim. But according to the Rambam, says the Rogachover, the Rambam actually, he seems to say that that's a source for the Rambam. The Rambam learned and, and, and defined, translated that text to mean, just as you Jewish people are people of the covenant, the same the Midianites are people of the covenant, literally. How are the people of the covenant? Because they're obliged to be circumcised. So they're the part of the covenant of Ramavinu. Rogachover, Pshatul de Sifri, Medasa Rambam. And from there the Rambam derived his opinion. That's one of the sources for where the Rambam derived his opinion. Another beautiful source, another beautiful source, and then we're going to come to this last one which relates to our Chumash. Another beautiful Gewaldic thing which we once discussed. Uh, take out to your Parshish Chayasura again. Please be so kind and enjoy the, the, the remarkable, amazing Raya the Rogachava brings from a simple Pasuk of Chumash. Gewaldic. And this he says in his commentary on the Sikhta Sanhedrin, Daf Nuntes. It says on page 120. Okay? It says in verse 1 and 2. In verse 2 says, Keturah gives birth, Tehled Zimron, one, Yakshan, Medan, Midian, Yishbak, Shua. Correct? Good. That's six. Look what it says thereafter. Yakshan, Yolad es Shva, where's the Don? Yakshan has kids. Okay. Uvnei the Don. Don also has kids. Who are they? Ashurim, Latushim, Alomim. Good. Now, Midian also has kids. Uvnei Midian, Eifa, Vaeifa, Vachanoir, Vavida, Veldo. Right? That's just the boys? Pardon? It's just the boys, yeah. I don't know what they are. Boys or girls, whatever. It says over name Midian. Whatever. I believe they're boys. Listen. Right? So we're enumerating not just the six sons, but also their descendants, right? The Eniklach and the Eniklach. Look what it includes. Kol Eile Bnei Ktura. Says the Rambam. What does it have to say? Kol Eile Bnei We just said a minute ago that here they gave birth, Ktura gave birth to six sons. So they are the Bnei Ktura. So what's it now repeating all of these of Nectura? Ah, call Ayla Nectura. Not just the six sons of Nectura, but there's a halachic message here. Call Ayla Nectura. All of these of Nectura, not just the six sons, but also the Eniklach. 
and the Urein Eklach, which we just mentioned. Cool. And, what, and they're all regarding the Halachic criteria of Bnei Ketura. And from that's the way the Rambam types this posuk, and that's basically the, the Pshat of the Shittas Rambam. That's the Pshat in the posuk. Call Eil of Bnei Ketura. Just beautiful. Right. Now let's go to our posuk. Huh? Yishmael is a separate book. Yishmael is not Ben Ketura. Ketura wasn't born yet. Yishmael died long ago. Yishmael is a different book. Please, 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 check it out in the Gemara and also in the Sacrifice of the Lutus. Volume 3, possibly. I don't know. Check it out. It's here in the shul. I'm not showing you off. Excuse me, please. Come closer. Okay. Now let's go back to our Pasuk. Vayichad Yisra, he says, the Gemara says, on the word Vayichad, we discussed that, right? Vayichad is an unusual expression. And that's why Rashi says, Vayichad But because it's unusual, it should have said in the Torah, Vayichad, so Rashi says, Therefore, ah, it means goosebumps, Chidudin, Chidudin, because otherwise it should have said in the Torah, Vayichad. So it says, Vayichad, that's the second opinion of the Gemara in the Sikh Sanhedrin. But the first opinion was that the Gemara says, This is the language, the term, the, the language of the Gemara. Heavier, Cherev, Chado, Alpsoro. Heavier. He passed over, right? A sharp knife. I'm sorry, on his skin, on his flesh. And Rashi says, what does that mean? That he circumcised himself and he converted. So the Rokhichev asks a simple question. And just to embellish it a bit or expound on it, it's simple. You know, what's it called? It's the moil or mottle, yeah? Any moil. Now I'm asking you. Cherev chada, sharp knife. Of course. A moil messer. You have to tell the moil to sharpen his knife, I'm asking you. Tell me, you gotta tell the moil to sharpen his knife. That's all you need. If you gotta tell the moil to sharpen his knife, you gotta tell a shaykh to sharpen his knife. A gangster, a murderer, you gotta tell him to sharpen his knife. Yeah. Right? Or a butcher, maybe. But a moil, <laughs> if you gotta tell him to sharpen his knife, you better get him out of here quick. <laughs> Push it! If, it's, if he's circumcising himself, right? So if it's a cherev, meaning if it's a blade, if it's a knife, it's definitely sharp enough to circumcise it. There's no question about this. Poshut. Poshut. Guess what the Rogachev says. If the Gemara says, Cherev Chado, seems to be some underlying message. It's not Stam Amoyal message. It's something exceptional. Guess what? Guess what? Lazarus. And then he brings to us, to our attention, a Gemara. You know what the Gemara says? He brings the Gemara very... Uh, hold your horses now. Belt in. Seat belt. The Gemara says in Mesech the Shabbos of Kuflamid Hay. Says the Gemara as follows. That some... A child... An eighth day... You know, a child who was born naturally circumcised. Okay? So there's no... There's no foreskin to remove. Okay? Says the Gemara... There are opinions, but the Gemara seems to conclude that all everybody would agree. That even though there's, we don't write, there's no, there's no, there's no foreskin to remove. Nevertheless, we have to do hatofas dam bris. We have to extract that, you know, a bit of blood. And like Rabbi Him says, how do we do it? Uh, let me just tell you. And I've never seen it. It's a prick. It's a prick, is it? I don't know what it is. Whatever it looks like. Okay, the doctor can tell us. I'll call upon him. Yes, so this fellow says, Is that this as Yeah? Okay, anyway. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay. 
Okay, however you do it, you do it. Anyway, this guy tells you exactly how it looks. Yeah, alrighty. Iker, Sinishnigay, Herweiter. So the Gemara says, you need a toughest dambri, says the Gemara, that it was Shabbos, the child, right? It was an eighth day child, it was on Shabbos. He was born naturally uh, circumcised. So the child, the, this, this, this Amora, this I forgot his name, but it's this individual, took him to 13 Moyalim. 13 uh, Moyalim to, to, do the, to do the extraction of the blood. And none of them wanted to do it because it is questionable if it's allowed to be done on Shabbos. In other words, as follows. The Gemara says the reason why we have to extract the blood is possibly there's a suppressed membrane there. And therefore, by extracting the blood, you remove it. Something like that, I can't help you. I'm not a doctor. And that is also doubtful if there's a suppressed membrane there. And the matter, therefore, it's questionable by these. It was questionable if they allowed to extract that blood on Shabbos. And they, if a child is born, and they have to do the circumcision in the normal way on Shabbos, so definitely, so if they eight days on Shabbos, you do it on Shabbos. But when he's born naturally circumcised, and we just have to extract the blood, and therefore, because it's doubtful about the suppressed membrane, so therefore the 13 Moyalim didn't want to do it. Nebuch, listen to this, but the father, Dildach Malzan Zanke, Atata, he's bold. The Gemara says, when it comes to Mitzvah Smila, people, you know, the father is all excited. So he did it himself. Says the Gemara, when he did it himself, he mutilated. He made him a Khrushchevka. The Gemara said Khrushchev, it means unfortunately that as a part of the, he sliced off a part of the man. Unfortunately. And listen carefully. That's the Gemara. Now the Rabbi refers us to this Gemara. In other words, that what? That when you have to do a tofas dambris, <laughs> don't play games, you gotta know what you're doing. If you're not a moral, keep away from it. And none of you know, nowadays, these young guys, you know, they, they, the moil stands beside him, but there's always this, you know, what do you call it, this, uh, the, what do they call it, this, uh, the, shield. the shield, right? So they have, it's nothing, nothing, nothing major, just to, right, to do the actual cutting, the removal of the foreskin, but anything beyond that, and that is the removal of the softer foreskin, which is the priya, right? which is after the first initial removal of the foreskin, right? And also the toughest dambris, etc. Whatever has to be done, which is much more complicated. Of course, they wouldn't allow someone who's not professional to come near it. Okay, end it. And, there, and then he says, the Iberith. Look at the riff. Oh boy, that's some riff. Now, very, you know, how often do you find the word the referring you to the Rishonim, etc.? Oh, it's nine o'clock. It's Gefarlach. Wait, Tatas. I thought it's a quarter after nine. And I see the guy coming in. What's his name? That belt filler. It's Gefarlach. We didn't learn a word today. That was interesting. What a pity. Where's that? Ay, 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 ay. It's Mamish Gefarlach. I thought we had to look at Riff Oh, Look at the riff, you'll see the riff says, there's Mamish, about five lines of the riff who says, you watch out, anyone who has to be made to dumb and extract that blood, you gotta be careful. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't do it. Of course, it's all based on the Gemara, because the Gemara says he never sliced up a piece. So you gotta be mamish, very meticulous and careful, etc., etc. And it's dangerous if you don't do it, you keep away from it. No, do it, that's the pressure of professional to it. So Robert Chavri refers us to this Gemara, then it concludes in relation to what we're talking about here. He says clearly, says the Robert Chavri, we're talking about Yisroy. And Yisroy was from Midian, Koyhei Midian, right? He was a Midianite. And if he was a Midianite, he definitely, following with the Shita Sarambam, 
the, all the Midianites, right? The Bnei Ketura, all the descendants of Midian, which he is the has to definitely circumcise himself, right? There's no question he had to circumcise himself, right? And he surely circumcised himself. That's the sheet of the Rogachova, not like other Mephorshim who claim that he may have not. No, the Rogachova says he definitely circumcised himself. And by the way, the Adderis and Seder Parshish also claims that, yeah, but the Rogachova says so Mephorshim, okay, listen here. So what's he doing? Rashi says, what does Rashi say? Rashi says he circumcised himself and converted, right? Okay. So the Marsha asks on Rashi, he circumcised himself and converted. But what are you talking about? He had to be circumcised in advance, much before, prior to this state of circumcision, asks the Marsha on Rashi, okay? Because we know that even the descendants have to circumcise themselves. That's the kasha for the marshal and Rashi. Says the birkei, no, no. Says the birkei, Yosef, in your samach. What kind of question does the marshal have on Rashi? We just finished saying there's an argument between the Rambam and Rashi. Rashi says, and is of the opinion of Misetta Sanhedrin, Daphnum test that only the six sons of Keturah have to be circumcised. So according to Rashi Vishitasa, Yisroi didn't have to circumcise himself. So actually, according to Rashi, which Yisroi was never circumcised, he's now circumcising himself, okay? But Ladasa Rambam, that a Midianite has to circumcise himself, he definitely was circumcised. Listen. What then is Yisroi doing now? He wants to convert. What has he got to do? Yeah. One minute. The Gemara says in the Sikhti Yevomist Afayin that the mitzvah of prayer to remove the soft foreskin. That Avraham Avinu was not obliged. Toysman says Avraham Avinu did it on his own. Avraham Avinu was only commanded in circumcising the fourth to remove the foreskin. The softer foreskin, which is the pre, he was not obliged in. He was not commanded. Toysman says because he did all the mitzvahs before the Torah was given, therefore he happened to remove also the softer foreskin. He did the pre. But Therefore, Bnei Keturah, it's very clear, Bnei Keturah, it says, Mephurish and Shuvish Agasari, Simon Mentes, right? That the Bnei Keturah don't do the Priya, right? They only do the Mila. And that's why Bnei Keturah cannot do, uh, even though they're circumcised, and they're obliged to circumcise themselves, but because he had to circumcise themselves both the Mila and the Priya, therefore only he can circumcise another Yi. But a Bnei Keturah, Nanju, could definitely not, because it says, Himal, Himal, only one who was circumcised can circumcise someone else. So a Bnei Keturah is circumcised. But because a Bnei Keturah is only circumcised, Without the priya, says the Shagasarya, there's no way that he should be able to circumcise a what? A Jew. Only another Bengtura. Okay, which by the way, the Tama Melech, the Tama Melech in Hilkasabi Dazar Peri Good Base says you can. Okay, just by the way. But let's move on. I'm just concluding. No, 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 finished. Guess what? So he says, what's going on? Yisrulidas Rambam gotta do what? Nobody's converting. Now his mitzvah's mila, the mila itself is not the same mila as before. He's being obliged to Mitzvah Smila as a Ben Keturah. The Jewish people have to circumcise themselves, says the Rambam, not because Hashem commanded Avraham Avinu, it's only because Hashem commanded Moshe Rabbeinu Bamatim Torah. Comes out that when someone who was already circumcised before and wants to convert, so the din is, right, the Bahak says, that uh, the Gershon is Gaia, a Ger, which is already, uh, uh, as long as he still has the thing, they didn't cut the whole thing off, right? As mentioned before. But he still has his member, right? So he has to what? He has to extract blood. So what is Yisrael doing now? He has to do a twofold thing. He has to remove the soft foreskin. He has to do the priya, because he's converting the Dasarambam. And he's also doing what? Hatofas Dambris. Says the Rebbe Chavra. If it was a normal miller, so you use a regular mile messer. A normal, every mile has a sharp knife. But we just finished proving that to extract blood, you don't mess. 
That knife better be a real sharp knife, and you got to know what you're doing, right? And the same goes for the softer, soft, soft uh, uh, foreskin. So therefore, because we're talking about Yisroi, who already circumcised himself, he just has to now do the prayer and the Adobah is bris. Therefore, the Gemara says, Have you heard of Adobah? I'm sorry. And with this, with this, he also explains the Gemara, Mr. Tivam, the final of time doesn't allow. Have a good night. Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>